0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Unpacking the Case, the podcast by David Jones Bold, the real estate law specialists. I'm joined today by Richard Snape, our head of legal training for a newsflash episode. Hello, Richard. Hello, Lizzie. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. We're here for a newsflash episode today. Um, this one is a Court of Appeal judgment from the 12th of October, called Win Finch and Natural Resources Body for, for Wales. Do you want to start by giving us some background mm. into the law surrounding this one? It's uh, it's an unusual area, but an important area, especially in relation to sort of development land and likes, in that so land includes any mines and minerals uh, attached to the land. Um, and also the land down below is all part of the, the land. And it's frequently the case that uh, uh, people when selling land, Uh, will accept and reserve uh, mineral rights and the likes so they still have control of the minerals under the subsoil. Some rights are always held by the crowns for instance ever since 1934 in something called the Petroleum Production Act. uh, Hydrocarbons belong to the crown and coal belongs to the crown under separate legislation. Gold and silver is all part of the crown's land. But uh, it is quite a valuable thing to do on occasion to, to accept and reserve mines and minerals underneath the uh, the topsoil, not least of which it can cause problems on subsequent developments because you'd be tresp- in danger of trespassing into uh, other person's land. Um, and that's what this uh, case was basically about and what constitutes, believe it or not, it was all about what constitutes stone and whether stone is part of the accepted and reserved mines and minerals, something called Silurian mudstone that I'm sure you're familiar with, Lizzie, that uh, comprises, amongst other things, quite a lot of mid-Wales. And I say that's the background, whether this mudstone is, is within the exceptions and reservations. Okay, can you go through the, the facts of the case then? Yeah, um, it's a large piece of land that was involved uh, in mid-Wales, uh, in Powys, formerly Montgomeryshire. And uh, the land itself was owned by a family, the Williams Wind family, and it's uh, the, the estate was historically the Winstay Estate. as I say stretches for a long, long area? Uh, but uh, parts of this land have become part of uh, uh, Natural Resources uh, for Wales land. Uh, Natural Resources for Wales is uh, a conglomerate of um, what used to be the Environment Agency in relation to Wales and also the Forestry Commission for Wales. This is forestry land. And uh, it's quite complex, but to simplify, there were 40 different titles around about that sort of dealt with this uh, ownership of the land and accepting and reserving this mineral rights when the land was transferred. Um, The... Wynne Finch uh, who features as the appellant in the, in the case was a trustee of the settlement for the williams Wynn estate uh, together with Mr Price and Mr Veed um, and uh, what had happened is that um, for many years uh, the Natural Resources Body for Wales and its, um, its predecessors the Forestry Commission for Wales have been digging into the land beyond the topsoil into this mudstone um, to make uh, forest roads and the likes, you know, just sort of, sort of what you tend to think of as just gravel roads and the likes. And also they'd used it for foundations to put uh, communications masts up and, uh, and wind turbines. Wind turbines go galore in that part of the world. Uh, they tried to reach some kind of agreement with uh, uh, the state Windfinch uh, in relation to know what they could do in terms of quarrying this land but the agreements this was back in 2016 the agreement came to nothing and uh when finch uh, brought an action for trespass you've been trespassing by digging into the beyond the beyond the topsoil and that was the background okay so what was the judgment yeah it's um the, the high court decision from last year was um quite controversial basically the court of appeal followed it um, and so it is quite complex area. There had been a case back in 1848, which was always considered to be one of the leading authorities that called, called Wayman uh, and the Earl of Ross, which uh, basically said in terms of what mines and minerals and stones are, should be interpreted broadly, and so stone could be sort of commercially valueless stone like this mudstone. The High Court and the Court of Appeal because the complexity of the background and these 40 or so different titles subdivided into four distinct areas uh, three of which were relevant uh, to the decision the first was uh, uh, type A titles which uh, were from a conveyance uh, from 1919 uh, where the Uh, conveyance was subject to exceptions in relation to mines, beds and quarries of coal and ironstone and all other metals, stones and minerals. Uh, Type C was um, some contractual enclosures uh, in the days of the enclosures in the 19th and 18th century, and they'd accepted mines, minerals, stone and other substrata. And finally, type D was uh, from a specific private enclosure award from 1816, the Arnold Wisley uh, Enclosure Act of that year. And that accepted any mines, ores, coals, metals, or minerals whatsoever. And I say for the, the, the real decision for the court is should they follow this Weinman case from 1848? Can you uh, interpret stones in a, broadly, or should you interpret it narrowly? And basically the decision, Lord Justice Henderson, the Major Judgment, said that it was a, be unusual to have a specific definition of stone when there was no real specific definition of mines and minerals. And they actually followed a, a Scottish authority um, from 1848 called Forth and Clyde Navigation and Wilsons and said that uh, it's got to be something to constitute stone under the definition, it's got to be something commercially valuable. And this mudstone was not commercially valuable, so there was no trespass. Um, and um, natural resources for Wales won the case. What's the significance of that then? Well, I say it is a strange one, but uh, it's it's incredibly significant in its right. It depends to some extent on its own facts. I mean, the Court of Appeal pointed out that. So, you know, Wayman was about, a, back in the 1848 case, was about enclosures and enclosure awards, but there's something around 4,000 separate enclosure acts, and it can't be a sort of standard definition for everything. It's, in, you know, you might just be thinking sort of, why is it important to decide, does the stone belong to natural resources for Wales, or was it reserved to uh, Win Finch and the trustees? Uh, it's very significant across the board because if it doesn't belong to the, the landowner, if it has been reserved and accepted, it can stop developments left, right and centre. Because if you go beyond the subsoil, you'll be trespassing. Not so much in this particular case. Um, I can think of local authorities and, and who've sort of been prevented from uh, sort of carrying out work road widening schemes, for instance, because you know there was a question mark over ownership of the, you know, anything beyond the topsoil. And obviously, if you are widening the roads, then uh, you have to go beyond the topsoil. I can think of examples as here where you know people have been held to ransom because somebody else has reserved the mines and minerals under the land, and you uh, want to put um, communications mast up, uh, or wind turbines and the likes. And it's uh, it's quite important in that respect. Were there any other issues that were discussed? Yeah, there were several arguments that the Court of Appeal didn't need to decide upon. Um, one of which was um, uh, the the sort of manorial rights, which is incredibly complicated and sometimes gets confused between the exception of mines and minerals, um, which is basically in relation to land that... Uh, was held under what was called copyhold in the past and all the copyhold was over a period of time converted into normal freehold titles and the the last copyholds disappeared in the 1922 Law of Property Act but um, it's where you held the land of the the Lord of the Manor and um, the Lord of the Manor uh, would then reserve rights, uh, manorial rights which included things like rights to mines and minerals um and uh, would there be a sort of claim in relation to manorial rights to mines and minerals but the Court of appeal decided they didn't need to actually decide that also the fact that there was nothing on title at the registry of the law uh, in relation to ownership of the land below the topsoil but you know what's the effect of that but this the Court of appeal said so they didn't need to decide on that either they also said there was a potential adverse possession claim this was a, a sort of wasn't the reason for the decision but uh, you could potentially claim adverse possession for the the subsoil and the likes because you've been using it for all these years uh, and that would extinguish the old title and create a new title Uh, and they recognize that that could be the case. I say it is highly significant though in terms of uh, of, uh, being able to develop land if the stone is not within the definition of the reservations uh, then it's got to be something commercially valuable then it allows development and stops things like ransoms and the likes. Also insurance policies got more paid out in relation to Mm. to this. Mm. So an unusual one, I think. Very unusual. Thank you, as always, to Richard. And thank you to all of you for listening to this episode of Unpacking the Case.